0: We took a short break from the podcast to host Auto-Enter Live, and so thank you to everyone who joined us for that event in July. If you missed it, we'll include a link in the show notes to find the recorded sessions on YouTube. All right, so back to the Context podcast. In this episode, I get to talk with Todd Geist and Angelo Lucci, both from ProofGeist, and we focus on 19.5 and the changes that it brought to the Claris platform. All right, so FileMaker recently released 19.5, and there, it's a pretty big release, um, and so we've got a lot to talk about. Um, why don't we start talking a little bit yeah, about great. FileMaker Server? That seems a pretty... There were a lot of changes there. So, Angelo, what are some of the things that, that you've dug into on the FileMaker Server side?
1: The biggest thing, Martha, is the support for, for Ubuntu 20. Um, you know, Ubuntu 18 is coming up on its uh, end-of-life um, 2023 is its uh, end of life, and they they needed to uh, obviously extend that. So they they move to uh, support Ubuntu 20, which will give us an end of life of 2025. In addition to that, it adds uh, increased performance for uh, boot up and availability um, by by quite a bit. So that's that's a, a a nice little feature there. And then on top of it. Uh, Ubuntu twenty gives us uh, nginx support um, yeah, right. as opposed to apache and and that that itself is a good change as well that's going to give us some uh, more performant web direct and um, api uh, transactions so i'm excited about
2: that did they did they didn't do Nginx for Mac though right just for Ubuntu
1: just for Ubuntu twenty okay. yeah okay. and then yeah that's
2: uh, a good one. Um, you know, it's interesting. We're not used to this, uh, these things, you know, end of life 2025. Isn't that far away, right? Mm -hmm. But that's how, that's how things move in sort of the cloud native space where, where Ubuntu is a pretty core OS for a lot Mm -hmm. of what runs on the cloud. So it's going to be, it's probably going to have to get updated every couple of years. We'll get a whole new version.
1: Most, most definitely, uh, Ubuntu has already released their, uh, 22, uh, Long-term support version, so that oh, wow. that, that okay. came out just a few months ago, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure Claris is going to eventually have to to move to that within the next yeah. few updates. Oh,
2: interesting, groovy. Mm-hmm. So, what I, else so is that... a what else is a big change? Yeah.
1: So, with uh, you know Ubuntu twenty and and X in there, WebDirect uh, had a. Uh, a very large number of uh, both bug fixes and performance increases uh, done to it. Uh, one of the, the add-ons for WebDirect is the OAuth sign-in, so that can be scripted now. Um, that's been a requested feature for some time um, from our clients anyway, I've, I've heard of oh, yeah. this uh, forever. Yeah. And then uh, you can also finally Hide the uh, local accounts when you have OAuth enabled on your WebDirect login, which is again something that's been asked for forever.
2: Yeah, this um, was um, this is so this gets rid of uh, the double login that you might have had to do um, in the past, where you're logging in and then you have to log in again uh, with OAuth uh, in, into into FileMaker WebDirect. Uh, this was a big problem at Netflix. They had a big WebDirect thing that we were doing with them, and. It was. They really needed that to be, to be, to be fixed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of companies in that and that's in that, in that uh, space. So it's a good one. Yeah. And now, then one of my that, favorite bug to... fixes. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say that.
0: one of the things that came with the OAuth is that now we can customize the login, right? The the that's actual right. like screen can be changed so you don't get that double login Yeah, that's login right. Problem. As
2: well as yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. You st- yeah.
1: you still have to do some extractions of the 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 jar file and whatnot, but you can can edit those files once they're extracted out.
0: Nice, okay. Uh, All right, but I I didn't mean to interrupt you. What are you excited about? (laughs) Sorry, sorry. (laughs) Uh,
1: So favorite bug fix uh, for WebDirect is exporting of container data. Um, Anything that had a uh, plus character or a space would fail on export when you were exporting data out. This is finally fixed. We've had so many people, um, you know, submit support tickets and 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 things like that after upgrading and uh you know that that issue was was uh the bane of my existence for
2: now um, now was that time. in the field names or was that in the data
1: that was in yeah. the uh the name of the file that was in oh the name uh, of the, the file direct container yeah exactly yeah oh i so see anyone, mm-hmm.
2: oh interesting i don't oh that's wild i didn't think i don't think i've ever hit that one
1: yeah we've but had I several it. partners yeah. hit us hit us with that one <laughs>
0: man it's it's you know i i forget how our our users often are thankful of little bucks, little bug fixes right That's it's right. like oh this thing it's like we can bugging me for forever and I have to deal with it every day. And you're like, oh, it's like a five minute fix. Let me go fix it real quick. And they're like, oh, then they'll sing your praises. And this just happened here on the other side, right? It's like, no, they fixed this little thing. <laughs> and it's like a, and not to like undermine the amount of work that they put into fixing these things, but like something that, that, that is such a small feature or at least can seem that way. It can be totally a game changer.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could be a big, a big unlock for some, for some companies or for some people.
1: Yeah. Sure. Definitely. Yeah. Now the, the, the other feature I want to call out in this is um, parallel backups. This, this is an amazing addition to FileMaker server. Um, traditionally, your, your backups were done sequentially. So we just take a look at your files and, you know, pause, backup, pause, backup, pause, backup, and, and release them as they go. Um, backups could take, quite a bit of time to do. So now what FileMaker Server is going to be doing is it's going to look at the transactional data on the files from FileMaker Pro, from WebDirect, and it's going to sort of group those files based on the number of transactions um, that have occurred in them. And it will back up hmm. groups of those highly transacted files at a time down to the ones that have uh you know few transactions. So we noted almost a 40% decrease in backup time on our busier instances um, with parallel backups enabled. Now, this also takes advantage of um, parallel write requests, which, um, you know, Automatic uses uh, NVMe direct-attached storage. We... um, have an optimized storage system that FileMaker will take advantage of to do these backups, which is probably why we get a, a nice burst of speed uh, and a decrease in backup time
2: on our instances.
0: That's interesting.
2: Yeah, is backups it, can it, be a can be a, can be a pretty big deal um, for for really large files, and it gets in the way of uh, of users getting their work done. Um, and but the, it's it be, be, because it's not a, always going to be clear. Exactly, how FileMaker Server is going to group those backups. The, your 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 performance boost could vary depending on on the on the usage and the files, et cetera. Is that right? Most certainly, most
1: certainly. Yeah. And that parallel backups will um will affect both progressive backups as well as your uh, regular scheduled backups. Pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's
2: cool. Lots of stuff on the. Uh, um, that. I'm looking at this list. There's still so many more things. What else? What, what's your next favorite? Uh, next
1: favorite, um, you know, it's a little thing, but but it is a, a large thing when it comes to running server-side scripts is they've, they've increased the default cache size on the scripting engine. Um, you know, something that seems minuscule um, actually makes a really big difference in the performance of executing these routines, especially with... Um, large amounts of data that it needs to, to process through. Um, mm-hmm. 64 meg was the default on previous versions. It's up to 256 now. So, you know, we are seeing uh, better performance on running uh, PSOS or, or FileMaker scheduled scripts. Um, that, that has also helped some of our clients that have been running um, uh, scripted ESS calls for processing mm-hmm. things. So we, we, we've seen some benefits um, right there and less memory leak which has been nice as well.
2: Yeah. I this is um this one's actually a pretty big deal. And actually a number of of these performance boosts on the server are a pretty big deal. One of the things we've been talking about a lot is is modern workloads are actually done not by a person in many cases are done mm-hmm. on the server. You know, data is flowing in from various systems, it's being processed by various systems, being sent out to other systems. And so FileMaker can play a key role in part of that processing. And in those conditions, that's all happening on the server. So as you do more of this kind of automation, you're naturally going to be taking advantage more and more of the server. And so having a boost like this is really important. So um, this new this new file that we've released called Simple Queue is a is a nice way to move a lot of processing out of the user's hands and into the onto the server. So the user uh their 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 ui and their experience of the app can be much faster while all that data processing is being handled by the server so it's 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 really great to get these boosts there because we actually would like we, we would like to move as much as we can to the server and have the server handle it really really fast because it has access to the data right there right it doesn't have to pass data back and forth to the client so anything that we can get on the server like there's another one summarizing um, some of the summarizing things have been moved to the server. Um, the scripting cache increase. Uh, uh, any of that stuff is great. Make it make the server faster, and all of these background automated processes get faster too. Thought it was a couple of uh, one
0: of our first podcast together, you had made the comment that, you know, we think of fi- the FileMaker file as the center of what we do, but you've been pushing yeah. and pushing and reminding us all the time in good form that filemakers yeah. that the server is really where the home base now, right? That's where the center of That's our right. re- really goes. It's
2: the server. The server is the center. The server yeah. is the center. I mean, we we're doing things in our own workflows that are processing our own data where the FileMaker, the FileMaker is actually handling a lot of the business logic, but there's very little UI. We've got stuff coming in, flowing through auto into Simple Queue. Simple Queue is handing off to a few FileMaker files to do some processing and then sending stuff on to the next stuff. There's very little user interaction in that. It's almost all being handled by the server. You know, the users might have to go in and like if something doesn't work, they might have to check an error and resolve things. But that's just all happening. It's happening all day long. Uh, this has become a very powerful paradigm that we're going to be talking about more because it simplifies things a great deal. Um, mm-hmm. And it doesn't require somebody sitting there, like staring at a screen, waiting for things to happen. Things are just happening. So yay, yeah, for, more f- yay for more performance on the server.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think this version really, I mean, I remember when we talked about doing this podcast, it was like, well, what, what changes are happening? And, and both of you were like, it's a lot of server stuff, right? And I think it's just, yeah. it's pointing to the fact that this matters, right? We, we, we get it, Claris gets it. And so it's really exciting to see see these upgrades.
1: Yeah, yep, this, this 19.5 release, I mean, 400, you know bug fixes, one hundred and fifty yeah. of which they documented um, I mean that's that's a huge number, um, yeah. and then, you know they're saying this is their best best release ever, so that's let's, awesome. let's make sure it lives up to it,
0: yeah, exactly. now, one of the ones let's that see. I liked um, was the cancel backups, and again, it made me oh yeah, it makes me yes. it makes me giggle a little bit because I have built dialogues that you can't get out of, right, and I know what that feels like as a user when I get mad about that. So like, again, it feels like a little thing, but it is a game changer, right? I mean, mm-hmm. other than just processing power and what it's doing on the back end, as a user, it can be frustrating when you don't have that kind of
1: control. No, definitely.
2: We've yeah, and if you're running a long backup, you're going to be sitting there a while. And things like things like doing migrations um, are going to be a problem if you're in the middle of a backup. If you need to mm-hmm. do a migration, you can't. If the files are being backed up, they, they can't be migrated. They're going to fail. Oh, yeah. So is that
1: backup hits container data you know, yeah. you're you're into it for hours. So having that cancel yeah. rather than crashing the scripting engine, yep, um, yeah, that's a much safer way of operating. Yep,
0: totally. <laughs> Very cool.
1: Yeah, and then uh, OData, that's another oh, great yeah. one. There, they finally finally uh, extended that function out to the rest of the platforms. So, Linux, Mac, and Windows all share uh, OData as an option to. Um, Gather and, and set data. Uh, I yeah. think OData also uh, allows
2: you to change some schema settings as well. It does. Yeah, yeah. You can create fields, yeah. Yeah. drop tables. You can blow up your database. <laughs> no big deal. We, just just you know, we just did a podcast. We just did a podcast. Yeah, we just did a podcast with John Renfrew, which may have been out by the time this goes, or maybe coming after this because I don't know what the schedule sequence will be, but we get into some of the OData stuff, and it's it it's it's it has there's a there's a lot of subtlety there in terms of what benefits it brings. Um, and we've been excited to try it for a long time, but the fact that it was only Linux meant that a lot of our customers just wouldn't be able to use it. So, uh, you know, it'll take a little while for 19.5 to become the default server that everybody's using or the minimum server everybody's using. But once that happens, OData is is a pretty compelling replacement to FileMaker Data API for many of its use cases.
0: Yeah. And for Here, those the, who just... don't
2: know, oh, sorry.
0: No, go ahead.
1: I was—I was just going to say, for those who don't know, um, OData is the open data protocol, so yeah. it gives a, a nice data standard um, that other services and tools can consume. Yeah. Um, so.
0: Yeah. When we talked to to John, I was uh, not knowing a lot about OData myself. It was—it was cool to hear about. It's universal, and other people know about it. And when you—you know—he compared it to Execute SQL when we got that. Um, and being able to do select statements, and when you start getting things that other people understand, you're like, "This is awesome, right?" Like that means that there's documentation already out there. I can go tap into other into other communities, and that to me is pretty important, right? It doesn't limit us to just our own little space. We can reach out. We can see how other people, other businesses, other people are taking advantages advantage of these different uh, these different techniques and approaches.
2: Yeah. So, what else we got here? Um, Let's see. Uh, oh, save a copy that. as XML on the server is nice. Yes, that's for like FM comparison. Getting your, getting your save as copies done quicker because that can take quite a long time on um, if you have a big file on a server. Mm-hmm. Doing that save as XML can take a while. Doing it on the server can be quite a bit faster. Um, I, and I think just I saw someone.
1: It. I think I saw someone post some stats on that saying it took. Yeah, a, Vince. What, I think Vince Manano from Beeswax.
2: Yeah, I think Vince has a blog post. We can link to that. Think link to the notes on that. But that's going to open up uh, a whole new Mm -hmm. space for um, analysis tools, but also um, for things like FM comparison. Just being able to get those get those files that you can diff much much faster and more often, and automated. Like you can set up a server side script now that will just Mm -hmm. save a copy as XML in you know onto your server, Um, and then so you don't have to you can just have one every day if you want. And that'll save you the step of having to get a backup and then downloading it, opening it, save as XML, and then using that to do the diff. A lot mm-hmm. of stuff goes away if we can if we just standardize on how that gets done.
0: Yeah, hey, that and a quick sweet. shout out that, quick shout out that FileMaker Comparison 1.0 just came out. It's officially yeah. out, and anyone That's can right. download it, and, and Todd hit some magical button that reset all of the licenses so that anybody can try it, even if they've tried it from Perception before, because it's bundled with yep. that. So definitely worth yep. mentioning
2: that. Yep, FM comparison is a companion to FM perception. So FM perception licenses or FM perception trials will work with FM comparison. You don't need a separate purchase or trial and just work along with it. This is where we so, need like, yeah. the
0: mug that has the logo on it so I could like show it as, as we talk about it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I have logos. Oh, we should make some mugs. So Todd,
1: um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the 19.5 release also fixed the IDP endpoint uh, appending the colon yes. 443 to it. Yes. So um, I, I, uh, auto has a nice little feature um, Yes. that can now work.
2: Yeah, so 19.4 introduced custom OAuth, which was nice. Right, it was 19.4, 19.4.1, 19.4.2, something like one of those did these custom OAuths, which means, which meant that you could do you could either use another any Oauth system that was out there or or frankly make your own if you cared to um, and make that work with Filemaker Server to be your identity server instead of Microsoft Azure, which was really the only one that in my mind was worth doing was was Microsoft because the others you don't weren't gaining very much um, so so that was great, but it had this one bug in the custom in the in the uh, in the form you fill out now on the server, for the IDP endpoint, one of the endpoints you have to like say here's, you know, to get the not the profile, to get the tokens, I think it was, you put this URL. This URL, we're gonna FileMaker Server is gonna call this URL to get to get your tokens, and that would not accept a port. It would not accept a port, so you couldn't put. You could only do port 80 or port or port 443, which are the standard ports. The problem is, is that lots of people like to use ports for running other servers or other services on their on their machines, like Auto, for example. So Auto runs on port 3030. So now that 195 is in place, we now have custom OAuth for Google Groups. So we built a custom OAuth implementation that uses Google Groups for the group feature inside of inside of the OAuth stuff for FileMaker Server and for your FileMaker clients. So this makes it pretty easy to set up um, any auto server to use Google Groups as your uh, security layer for that. That's a big deal because otherwise it was a major pain to do. Uh, And so now it's pretty easy. The only thing you have to do is get a special credential file from your Google uh, Admin console, which we have some documentation about how to walk through and get that. Once you have that, you install that on auto and. You can use Google Groups for your groups inside of FileMaker Security. And Pretty for sweet. those who are are not familiar
1: with uh, Google's uh, uh, OAuth and FileMaker, you had to add every individual email yeah. address into every individual file.
2: Yeah.
1: And now you can just do uh, a group. Uh, yeah, you can, you can just make a group
2: in your Google Groups. It's like, you know, FileMaker admins or FileMaker users or sales and then membership in that group will allow them to access to a given file, which is, which is great. So yeah, that's a good one. Um, what else we got on here? What's Web Direct what Workers, about- what does that mean?
1: Uh, WebDirect Workers are the worker machines that you can deploy alongside of your FileMaker server to take the brunt of the incoming WebDirect load. So it takes that traffic off of your FileMaker server, letting your FileMaker server serve out data Uh, to these worker machines as well as the FileMaker clients. Um, And then, you know, you can have, uh, I think, uh, it's uh, five um, WebDirect workers per FileMaker server at this point.
2: Right. So this is basically what was there, but they just made a change to it. Um, Yep. They're getting rid of special ports. That's what they're doing. So So instead of opening
1: up, uh, what is it, 16,001 through three or four. Um, it's all over 443 now, so yeah. it's going to save you some rules in your firewalls and some headache uh, trying to figure out or remember which ports you need to open uh, across firewalls if you're implementing in a, a secure network. Yeah, I
2: think this is like, this is this is more and more cloud kind of thinking. It's cloud, you just have servers. You don't really have ports. Like the ports are the standard ports. And so people are are running less and less things on on individual boxes and so you know you're seeing less and less ports and that's and it also means less and less rules and firewalls which is a which is really you know less and Mm -hmm. less things to set up and that could be a real problem in fact that's one of the things we run into with auto on on port thirty thirty. and in fact we've angela and i have been working on ways to see if we can get rid of the special port even for auto, Mm -hmm. because it's it's still you know i was dealing with a customer yesterday who they work for the department of defense they have crazy firewalls in place and it's not that they can't set it up but to get it set up is you know government bure- security bureaucracy to get it set up right so if it's just over port if it's just over the standard ports that goes away so it's about re- it's about removing friction really mm-hmm. so it's a good move even though they didn't really change any capabilities here they just made it easier to easier for those types of environments to be able to to use these extra features without having to Fill out forms and you know sign on the dotted line and mm-hmm. all those kinds of things. Yeah. And then uh, all right. So what else we got its, here? Yeah, server
1: updated some of its dependencies. Open SSL oh, yeah. got a nice upgrade yeah. to uh, address some uh, bug fixes and vulnerabilities. Um, Node.js got an upgrade to version sixteen. Uh, Great. In case anyone runs any uh, custom node on their uh, filemaker server, uh, Socket IO and and OmniORB as well. Um, but yeah, um, overall, a, a really good mix of um, security performance and uh, functionality came with the server release one of the ones ahead, I was curious about was
0: the one of the ones I was curious about was the summary field processing, so yeah um, my eyes got really big when I heard about it, and then I read some of the limitations, mm. and then my eyes got a little bit smaller. <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it 's an introduction into.
0: Yeah, and I wonder if it's a good introduction into doing this, right? So maybe this is just, you know, V1 of, of many, hopefully. Um, but the idea is that there's some pretty big limitations, right, so let's just to paint the scenario, sometimes summary fields are slowing us down as users, and so the idea mm-hmm. is that some of this can be offloaded to the server now. That's, that, does that sound right?
1: Yeah, yeah, so um, if your, your host or server CPU usage isn't higher than 25% when the summarization begins, um, It'll work uh, if your found set to summarize is larger than twenty five. Um, it'll it'll uh, work there. Um, sort is uh, um, oh I can't remember what the sort option is. There is another sort option there. Uh, in any event, uh, summary field is not a, a global field. Summary field is not an unstored calc requiring uh, client computation uh, like a plug-in. Um, or anything like that we're not using e s s in this um right. so so you know several several restrictions uh before it will calculate on the server, but you know that being said, it should do um a large chunk of summarization server side
0: yeah and and we also don't want to go the other way where we start bogging down the server with everything that, that our right. users are doing, right? Yeah. So so it, I, I get the caution too, right? My eyes might have gotten a little bit smaller, but <laughs> I also don't want my server crashing <laughs> because everyone's running their summary fields on the server, so, so I get yeah, it. Yeah, you know,
2: some summary fields are, are always, you know, they're great um, mm-hmm. until they start killing you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, so, and so this is, you know, again, getting into these sort of background processes. What we end up doing a lot more is instead of, Instead of doing summaries um, r- real time, we do summaries and store the results. Mm-hmm. so now we can run those summaries in the middle of the night when it's under twenty five percent and just store it and then the users because you know we we think that everything has to be real time. It's usually not the case um, I mean it depends obviously on the data, but like if you want if you want the total number of sales last month, guess what? <laughs> it was the the end of last month was the last day you needed to calculate that you don't need to calculate right. it again um so you know if you take if you take an approach where you think about what things actually do need to be real actually be real time and what can be offloaded using things like simple queue or other mm-hmm. processes that store things when the server's not um being hammered by users, then you know you don't have these problems mm-hmm. um But then sometimes you actually do need it and it's real. Like you have to have it. It's now, this is the real data. I don't, I can't have it 10 minutes old or 20 minutes old or five minutes old. I need it now. And so now, now you can get it. And if you've done the other things to your system to make sure that it's running efficiently and effectively, the server will, will save your butt here by making that much faster for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And FileMaker server will take advantage of. You know your multiple CPU cores and and your yeah. your RAM availability now, so it will mm. eat up and 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 utilize as much as it can.
0: This is we so haven't talked about good. this, but with the with the new version with nineteen five, Angelo, have you had to make any changes as to like, or did Declaris make any suggestions on what what kind of servers people should spin up with nineteen five, or is it all about the same as previous versions? Any changes in configs? Uh,
1: I believe they. Are now asking for a minimum of four cpu cores with the eight gig of ram for a minimum uh, deployment now you know that also depends on on many factors it depends on how many files you're hosting how many users are connecting which technologies they're using to connect and again how heavily hit those files are going so there's some leeway in those numbers um you know we've we've played with that quite a bit um and and found that you know you can deploy as little as a you know single core two gig of ram server and and you know have regular filemaker access happening on that um and then as soon as you know just 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 for you know one or two users dev dev box whatever but as soon as it starts to to get hit harder you know we need to scale that up um but that that new recommendation um was an increase um so that's that's where you should start for a a good production system cool
0: yeah Yeah, that makes
2: sense. and does it matter like I, i would imagine it also matters whether it's it's a VM or bare metal or like a container. Probably oh, definitely, definitely.
1: Too. You'll you'll have performance hits on on you know VM and container versus bare metal. Obviously, bare metal gives you all of that that hardware um, yeah. to the the process. Uh, virtualization stacks usually have a little overhead, although it's gotten very very uh, good at at passing through uh, over the years. Um, but yeah, mm, okay. performance is better
0: cool all right what about some pro stuff i i love this one just because it's fun to say out loud which is perform script on server on server (laughs)
2: yeah yeah this was one they rolled out and then rolled back um okay and the reason it's rolled back is not because it doesn't work but because it's confusing Mm. so they're looking for maybe better language or better ways to and also because um when it when you use it it by default, let's see, I'm going to get this wrong. Um, it set it up so that it would not run on server by default. And well, let me back up and say what this is. So if you ran PerformScript on server before um, and you're already on a server, um, it, it, uh, it, it, it just it didn't start a new thread. Like it didn't right. actually begin another process on the server. Um, in fact, I think it might just fail. Like I think you have it to failed, check.
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, it just yeah. fails, right? So mm-hmm. it didn't work. And it certainly didn't start a new thread. So what this new option does is it says, if you want to run something, if you're already running on the server, either with, either with script schedules or with a PSOS script, and you run another script step that says performance on server, it will actually boot up a whole new thread for you to run on, a whole new client process for you to mm-hmm. run on. Um, that's really cool. But if you think about that just for a minute, you can probably imagine some scenarios where you will bury your server really quickly. You've got some kind of looping script that's like every time it yeah. loops through, it's setting up a new a new PSOS session, and before you know it, you've got you know you've hit your max, whatever your limit is, uh, and your and your peg. So that, there was some caution there, and so the caution was to turn it off, like when you mm. you know like that. It's kind of where a lot of the discussion was around like you know like when you do. Um, you do get next record and exit after last exit after last is checked off. It really should be checked on, but it's checked off yeah. when you, when you do that, uh, how many bugs, like how many times have I forgotten to check that box? Well, this was kind of the op it was going, I thought the right way. Um, but anyway, there's been some discussion about what is the clearest way to describe mm. what's going to happen here. And also for, um, old solutions coming forward, well, they have this script step because it's not a new script step. it's a new option on the script step, yeah, what will happen by default and so those are the cases where it needed they need just wanted to take some more time to to figure that out, but it's available um uh it's available uh using a a feature flag um which we'll have some notes in the blog in the show notes about how to do that, or we'll link to somewhere cool. that does. So that you can turn it on and, and and you can actually try it. Eventually, they'll figure out what to call it, how to name it, and it, and it will become a real thing. And this could be very useful again with these background processing, right? So, yeah. Let's take a simple example of maybe you want to send a bunch of emails. Um, and well, emails is weird because you might hit a spam monster if you do like you might get tagged as a spammer if you do this. But let's just use that as the example. Um, and you you know it sends you could have. You could you could send a bunch of emails, and you could do one at a time, looping through it, and you could do that on the server, and it would be pretty quick, but it would still be one thread. But you could decide that I want to take, I want to go up to four, I want four threads, or five threads, or six threads, sending emails, or doing whatever it is. Um, you got to be very, you got to think about how you can do that because now you're actually doing things in parallel. Before we didn't really have an option to do it. Now we have the option to do things in parallel, we can we can do what's called fanning out. So we can take a long list of things to do and we can fan it out amongst a bunch of FileMaker threads that would um, hmm. that would do that in parallel. So definitely we'll have some uses, um, but I think people should be cautious about about what that means, because normally we, in FileMaker, we think a lot about things being synchronous. They only happen in a particular sequence. PSOS has already given us the ability by doing that, not waiting for result thing, right? Yeah, it's already given it. us the ability to like let things happen and then keep moving on, which means those things that are happening may not be done on the next step. So you run into that synchronous/asynchronous issue. So this is just another layer on top of this. Now you have asynchronous and concurrency. You have multiple <laughs> things that are running. So, but great to have the option, and it'll be useful for certain things. I can imagine Simple Queue having some kind of built-in support. So you could say for simple queue, like on some of the channels that you're listening for, webhooks and things to come in on, like it's okay to process this with three threads. Like you can mm-hmm. do, you can do three threads on this and have some way to limit it. Cause I think that's the key. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good one.
0: Ah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice.
2: Now, didn't they
1: add uh, a new security requirement on calling FMP URLs in the, yes. uh, the pro version? So I think you have to specify, or or
2: allow hosts allow the uh, the host that's sending it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the URLs. Yeah. So there's a new pop up, a new dialog that will hit you, and you have to say okay for that. That's reasonable to to do that, um, mm-hmm. because URLs are a way. I mean, they're commonly actually links in general. There's a whole you know, there's a whole universe of dark arts around how to use links mm-hmm. to hijack people's stuff. So. Mm-hmm. People should. This makes sense to have, to have that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They they added that to WebDirect last release yeah. um, for the home URL on exit.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's right. And I, I should say, say that, that that where those are once you, once you accept that URL, um, you can manage that in your preferences. There's a new thing for permitted there um, that you can use to to manage those. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, what else we got from 195 Host oh. uh, Pro? So. The live text was beautiful.
1: Oh
0: live yeah, text but
2: I. And
1: Todd
0: gets QR grumpy code. about this because it's I Mac only. I get grumpy only. about this.
2: <laughs> well, it's Mac only, and it's not server side, and I want these yeah. to, like. Right. Really, if think about like like I actually we had this. Um, I worked at a, actually it was when I was I actually went in house for a short period of time, and what we were doing was, we were we were basically processing photos from like, little league and baseball shoots and like. You know, so we we go set up, and every all the teams would come, and they take their pictures. Uh, and we had this system that the kid we take a picture of the kid holding holding a form, and that form had a QR code on it, and on the form would have they would they would have filled it out with their name and stuff. Hmm. And we had a system that would actually read the QR code out of that picture, and and so we would know the next you know ten pictures were the kid, or that were that particular kid. Yeah. Um, and we had to do that all. We did. We used plugins to do that. So now you can do that in FileMaker on the Mac. You can do something similar, where you could have paper forms that have QR codes that just get read. So yeah. you can imagine all kinds of things where paper is still part of the equation, where that mm-hmm. just goes away. We did something like this for one of our for one of the clients, Martha, that you have. That was before you joined, but um, but we did that for one of our clients. Um, uh, we have a similar system where they can read QR codes out of out that's of PDFs, nice. essentially. Okay. So that's great. But it's Mac only, and that means we can't do it on the server. So if we go to the server, yeah. we have to use a different process to do it. Right. right so right, yeah. love to have it on the Mac. If you've got to do it on the server, there's other ways to do it. You can do it using uh, you know, node processes, for example. Or, or actually, or um, yeah, node is probably the easiest way to do it. It uh, yeah. would be some kind
1: of node process to do it. Yeah, If I yeah. remember correctly, there is a node library for uh, there is, uh, yeah. text
2: Text OCR, yeah. Text OCR, scanning, scanning from, you know, looking for QR codes, identifying where they are, and then, and then reading them. Um, that's There's a lot of libraries for that. So you could do it on the server, but then you have to have it on the server. They would, you know, I think there are a lot of these Mac-only ones that are because Mac has these core features built in. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: actually, I wonder if get live text and read a QR code actually work on Mac servers. I bet they don't, but I don't actually know the answer to that.
0: Yeah, that'd be interesting um, to try out. Some listener, the, let us
2: know. Yeah, please um, let us. The know. The Get
0: Live Text was is cool though. I mean, the fact that you can again Mac only, but the fact that you can just pull text. I mean, we're probably all used to this. Oh on my our gosh, at this point, but I use this all the, me, <laughs> yeah, all the time. Yeah, and address, phone number.
2: Yeah, I mean, tech support. People will send a screenshot of their license, and I'm like, oh, Ugh. Nice. I used to be like, ah, I have to like yeah. try to read it and type it correctly to to like find their license so I can you know reset it or. Do something or you know send them a, send them a renewal or something like that and now I just double click on the thing and boom got my thing it's fantastic I love it
0: yeah yeah
2: yeah that's pretty great um, the small features record slider um, empty tab order uh, preserve empty tab order for copied objects was a nice little thing um, changing your license uh, easier to change your to install a different license. You know, those are some small ones. Um, What else?
0: There's a new JSON function, isn't
2: there? There is, that's right. There's a new JSON function. So this is uh, get element type, which is useful for, you know, some of the struggles we still have with JSON and FileMaker is the difference in types and the difference in um, what a JSON type is would, uh, you know, first of all, there there's no date would be one thing, you know, things like that. But also, it's really hard to tell the difference between a number and a string. It can be yeah. very difficult. Right. Um, so getting these, getting these functions to be able to help you just, especially if you're like, if you're doing something where you don't actually know the shape of the JSON you're processing, and you need to walk through it, and so you won't know what the property is. Like, you can list all the properties in an object and then loop through and say, give me the first object, give me the first property, what is it? Oh, it's an object. Okay, now I know what to do, and I can process it. Oh, it's an array. Yeah. Now I can do it. Oh, it's a string. You know, so it helps you with the, with those kind of things quite a bit.
0: Yeah, nice. It's always good to see the JSON library of options get get better in FileMaker.
2: Yep, yep. JSON is uh, it's one of those things. It's like it is the international standard for data formats around the globe. Mm-hmm. So anything we can do um, to improve that is great. It's one of the things that um, whenever. I get a chance to bug the engineers. I'm always bugging them for more JSON stuff. Um, <laughs> because it's, uh, it, there's, I mean, I have a lot of ideas, hopefully, <laughs> which I've passed on. Hopefully some of them will get there. But yeah, because we're gonna be doing more JSON. It's not like we're ever gonna be doing less JSON. Like, it's, right. just, it's just the way things are gonna be. So anything we yeah. can do there would be helpful.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, no.
1: Weren't there a couple of uh, gotcha changes in, in some of the functions, the uh, the quote and then? Um...
2: Quote is processed differently. Yeah, right? Yeah. And I, But I think they're going to revert these, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: Um, I don't have the notes on that. There's two gotchas that I know of, the validate and quote validate, function. That was the
1: other one, yeah. Val,
2: record mm-hmm. um, um, unique. Unique validation. Unique validation and the quote are Quote is doing things a little differently, and I believe both of these will be reverted in a point release soon. Mm. So, um, good to know. Um, yeah, this is a pretty big release. You know, a point release is usually follow pretty quickly after them. Yeah. So, I wouldn't, I don't think it'll be too long for them to get these these you know nineteen five two out. Hopefully, yeah. I think we might have touched on everything. I don't know that we or anything we might have missed. Oh, the data migration. This is actually important. We should mention this. So um there's a new version of the data migration tool and it's uh a little bit different than in in times past the data migration tool and so it used to be that we gave it got a new version of the data migration tool it would work with older versions of server and it would, old, older versions of filemaker and right. that is not true in this case so um so 19.5 servers need to go with, with data migration tool 19.5, which for us very specifically means auto 3.3 or greater. So there's this dividing line for the first time here where the data migration tools don't, don't work with earlier versions. Mm-hmm. Um, at least I could say that for certain on Ubuntu, mm-hmm. uh, and I believe it's on the other platforms, but I can't remember if I really thoroughly banged on all of them but it's just clearly it just was clear when I was doing this testing that you really want to pair 19.5 server with 19.5 data migration or or auto 3.3 which includes the 19.5 data migration so that's important so don't up if you're using auto do not upgrade 19 to 19.5 without upgrading auto and don't upgrade auto without upgrading file maker server to 19.5 yeah that makes sense. a little confusing we've had some people have issues with that Um, but yeah it's a hard line Upgrade those yeah. two together and you'll be, you'll be all set.
0: Okay. I did want to mention that the Claris Engineering blog came out with four or five um, new blog posts around 19.5, so it's definitely worth checking those out. They do a really good job of going into detail on some of these things. Um, a little bit about uh, Ubuntu. They talked about some OAuth sign-in, so there's, there's some really good content there for, for anyone who's looking for a little more stuff to dive into.
2: Yeah, it's good content there. It's really great to have them doing that. That wasn't always the case. It's been one of the things they've added as part of their their more modern way of working is to be more agile about what they ship, not only in terms of in terms of, of the product itself, but also documentation and help,
1: right yeah. um, doing a help
2: system uh, is one thing, but keeping it up to date with regular engineering blog posts and like why things are happening is super useful to help people get the context for why things are moving so quickly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right? And these
2: changes these changes are, ha- are coming fast. And it can be a bit much. I think, you know, um, for those of us who are excited about new features, getting to the next version is always fun. But if you're in production, you know, it used to to be like, if you're in production, you could wait like a year, right? Yeah. (laughs) Before before you shift. I don't think you need to wait a year, but you probably can wait a month or two, maybe three months, Mm -hmm. um, you know, before doing maybe even six months before doing one of these major upgrades if you're a cautious person. And by that time, you'll get they'll get some of these new fixes that come out. Things yeah. m- are moving faster. That doesn't necessarily mean you need to update the minute things come out. Um, right. If there are security releases, which they do, which do happen, you do need to jump on those security releases. But you know, uh, unless there's something you absolutely need to do, like a new feature, like you're gonna you're gonna adopt OData and you have a Mac server, well, then you got to be on 19.5. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you yeah. can wait. And it's it's okay to wait and make sure that you're doing these things in a planned manner. But don't manner. But waiting for years is a is an anti pattern, and you you can find yourself stuck. And we yeah. we get calls from clients all the time who are on old versions and they've got major investments in them, and they've and to to or, or to or to move would be a major investment, and they kind of have to move because yeah. hardware has moved on eventually. You can't get FileMaker to work on an old piece of hardware or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So it's useful to stay up to date, um, certainly within the supported versions of FileMaker. You want to stay on one of those. Don't want to drop back to one that is at its end, that has passed its EOL, its end of life. Um, but, yeah, it's fine if you want to wait wait three or four months after a, a new, new release before you migrate. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, this also well, pushes 18... the point. Sorry?
0: Nope. go ahead.
1: I was going to say, this also pushes the point for having a uh, uh, dev environment, staging environment, production environment separately. So you can do your dev work, push to a staging environment, check your platform with your release yeah. and yeah. then go yeah. from there as well.
0: That right. allows me to blow up my, o- my database with OData <laughs> on somewhere safe. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh so, yeah. yeah. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Angela, if you could spin yep. me one up, that'd be really appreciated. That's a very good point. <laughs> Start doing dev on
2: it, move it to staging, run it on staging. then you'll have you'll have a pretty good idea
0: yeah yeah -hmm. and then uh, Clarice has been pretty open about uh, agile process moving quicker you were just pointing to that you were just talking about this todd and they are talking about 19.6 already so they they really are keeping us up to date and letting us know what's coming next i know 19.5 was really really big for them and we can see why but 19.6 looks like it's going to be pretty pretty awesome itself
2: Yep, it does. There's some fun things. I guess they've already mentioned that they're looking at support for transactions, which is uh, real, yeah. like built-in native support for transactions. It's actually a weird thing because they've already, always been there, but they're going to make it um, easier to understand, easier to use. So uh, yeah. i looking forward yeah. to that as well. Uh, I don't cool. know when that's scheduled to drop, but sometime sometime in the not too distant future as things have been going recently.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's just nice to see things moving and to see, you know, I I want the current stuff to be great. I want the stuff that's coming soon to be really great. And then I want the stuff from there, I want to know that it's coming too, right? So it just doesn't want to feel stale. So that's some good stuff.
1: Exciting. So I don't know, did
2: we cover everything? Is there anything left to say, Angelo, Martha? I think
1: we've covered quite a bit.
2: Yeah,
0: I think so. I'm sure we'll find an excuse to talk about one of these or a few of these more. Um, <laughs> yeah. And if anyone listening has any other insights that want to come on and talk about it, we're happy to yep. to wax philosophical or practical about any of these things
2: yeah if you have if you have ideas of topics you'd like us to cover or topics you'd like to come on and cover with us we'd, we'd love to hear let us know
0: absolutely all right, awesome all right nineteen five big deal we're excited about it. Server's the center of the the filemaker world these days, so mm-hmm. we're seeing some proof of that so there's some some really good stuff here. Awesome yeah. as always, thank you both. And uh, can't wait till we do this again.
2: All right. Thanks very much. Bye, guys. Have a good night.
0: Bye. Just as a reminder, this is available on YouTube and as a podcast. And make sure you check out the show notes as there are a lot of links to share there. If you can take a minute to pause and subscribe, we'd really appreciate it. But better yet, if you can share it with a friend, that would be pretty awesome. No matter what your role is in this community, you're proof of how amazing this Claris community really is. My job is to help spread your knowledge and your stories on the podcast. Find me on Twitter, at MZ123, or at ProofGeist, and let's share your story.